Time to talk NBA with Keith Smith from Spot Rack and the Front Office Show. And on Twitter X at Keith Smith NBA. Here's Keith Smith talking basketball with Bryant and Brett. Keith Smith joins us now to talk the NBA. And he joins us now. He's with us now. Keith, thanks so much for joining us. And obviously here in Memphis, a lot of people excited for today, have been excited um, pretty much since Tuesday when Ja Morant returned to the court in New Orleans against the Pelicans um, and uh, really went off in the second half, finished with 34 points and the game winner on a buzzer, buzzer beater um, that he drove to the, to the rim and got it tonight. He'll have his first. Uh, home start with the Grizzlies since being reinstated. What did you make of that game uh, by John Morant in his first game back against the Pelicans? I thought he looked great. I thought, you know, not only did he look good, but he was ready for the moment at the end of that game. He wanted the ball. He wanted it in his hands, and and he delivered a win. You know, and this is a team that they need to start stacking wins. We've talked about it. You know, this is, they've got to, kind of keep this moving forward now, keep winning games, mm-hmm. because that's how they're going to get themselves back into the playoff picture. We talked last week, and we've been talking about this really since John Morant has been out, but you know, obviously the Steven Adams uh, injury still looms large with kind of some of the rebounding issues you've seen in the past, but Brett has brought up a, a lot of times since John Morant has been out that there hasn't been a lot of effort. There have been some effort concerns with this team. They'll, they'll, you know, it seems like they'll look up at halftime and they're down 15 and they just kind of give up, um, and that's kind of what's led to this big hole bringing back a franchise player like John Moran, I mean, how much energy does that put into a lineup? And do you think with John Moran coming back, they can make this push throughout the season and maybe get one of those playing spots? Yeah, I mean, they can, you know, for sure. Because to, to your point, it adds a huge amount of energy back in everything. And I think if you're Taylor Jenkins, your kind of goal that you're putting out in front of the guys is, hey, let's just make up a game a week, mm-hmm. right? So that's going to be kind of where your thought process is. That'll get you past the trade deadline, and then you kind of see where you're at. And if you can do that, now that's, that's easier said than done, right? Yeah. Making making up a game every three, four games is not an easy thing. But the way you do that is just start stacking wins. And they, their challenge for the Grizzlies is not only do they have to make up those games, they've got to pass a couple teams that are in front of them. they right. got to hope somebody else falls out so you're you're relying on a lot more than just you going out there and winning games but that's where it starts so i think you know you take this as all right we're, we, we got this going now the big thing is got to figure out the home road yeah. stuff because this is the weirdest home road split you know this season, <laughs> no season i can remember you know being one and 11 at home is one thing uh-huh. if you're like the detroit pistons and yeah. you're a terrible team you know, but uh, one and eleven at home and six and eight on the road. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had just won, you know, even if that was just even, right? Like yeah. If you were uh, six and six at home, all of a sudden you'd be right in the mix. So that's something they've got to really work on. Make sure you take advantage the rest of the way, get those home wins, and keep this thing moving forward. Yeah, it's been a uh, weird start to the year from uh, from really start to finish. Uh, tonight they've got the Pacers at home, and obviously this is a Pacers team that it seems like. 
a lot of the country has kind of fallen in love with. Tyrese Halliburton is is kind of starting to become a a young star in the league. They made that long in season tournament run, which gave you know an opportunity for a lot of people that wouldn't be watching Indiana Pacers games to kind of see this team. Um, but in, in these last uh, games since the in season tournament championship loss to the Lakers, they've lost four of their last six games. Uh, what do you make of what the Pacers are doing right now, and, and what do you think happens tonight at FedEx Forum? Yeah, as far as what, what's happening, I think the big challenge is the Pacers aren't, it's no longer catching teams off, off guard with the way they play. Mm-hmm. Teams are not just seeing them and then like, oh my gosh, this team plays so fast, so offensively focused. And it's hard to change on the fly like that in the regular season. What we're seeing with the uh, with the Pacers is teams are now they're, they're, they're used to it a little bit, meaning they, they're expecting it. Yeah. They're going to know, hey, this team's going to want to get up and down. They're going to want to push pace. They're going to really kind of challenge us. And I think that's going to be something that you know, now they're going to have to adjust to. They've got to start playing at least a little bit of defense. Mm-hmm. You, you're not going to turn into a top 10 defense, not not at this point. Like, they are what they are. But you got to put in a little bit more effort on that end because you can't keep playing games that are, you know, 130 to 125 and hoping you're going to win them. Because on the nights when their offense just is it's, it's merely good instead of great, yeah. they don't have enough to win because their defense is never anything uh, above really bad. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good point. Hopefully, uh, it's favorable for the Grizzlies tonight, and they can get a uh, uh, win in Jaws' first home game back. I saw uh, earlier this morning uh, the NBA has opened up All Star voting um, for starters at this year's All Star game. I, I don't want to have to put the burden on you of of your five starters in both the East and West, but if you had to vote right now for stars in the All Star game, who are some guys that that would be on your list? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think, you know, I, I tend to, unless a guy is absolutely, oh my gosh, they're, they're, they're the best player in the league, right. or one of the top players in the league, I try to reward winning mm-hmm. uh, to some extent. So, you know, I think, um, you know, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Nikola Jokic, mm-hmm. those are a couple of locks in the West. I think the Clippers on this nine-game win streak Ooh. playing really great basketball. I think Kawhi Leonard needs to be in the mix. Uh, Luca, obviously. Mm-hmm. Then I think you've got uh, De'Aaron Fox has been very good for the Kings. So that maybe would be the group. You know, and that's leaving out guys. I think you know the voting will really favor like LeBron James, right. Kevin Durant, players like that. Uh, in the East, Giannis and Embiid, of course, those mm-hmm. two guys have been absolutely you know dominant players. I think Tyrese Alberton sure. deserves a little bit of love, and probably someone you know you want to reward the Celtics for getting out the way they. They have, so probably Jason Tatum mm-hmm. would be the guy for them, them in that mix. And then you just kind of, you know, does it, is it Damian Lillard? Is it Tyrese Maxey? Do we try to, you know, get a second Celtic in there? What does that look like? But, you know, it, it, there's, it's a good year because we've seen a lot of, uh, you know, star players really step forward mm-hmm. and play really, really well so far this season. Yeah, absolutely. We mentioned uh, in there the Clippers. They've won nine straight games. They've got a game tonight against the Thunder, which should be a, a really fun one to watch. Uh, what have you seen? Because obviously when the trade happened with James Harden and then those games afterwards, you know, a lot of people were coming out saying, oh, this was a mistake. You know, this is it's hilarious that this isn't working. And it, it really wasn't at first. But now it really looks like this team is coming together. They're clicking on all cylinders. Those, you know, Kawhi Leonard is is 
having a really an unbelievable stretch, and, and James Harden and, and um, uh, Paul George are not far behind him in terms of production. What have you seen that has kind of changed in these past nine games? Yeah, I think the big thing, and I'll even take it past that and, and take it to the beginning of, of the season, mm-hmm. because I really do think that's kind of where this started. I think Tyron Liu came in and very much was, uh, this season, there's not, there's not going to be any feeling yeah. taken into account. Guys don't like it too bad, right? I, I'm going to play the guys that I think can help us win games. And, and he kind of put that right out there with Terrence Mann at the start of the year. I think he can help us win. Terrence Mann's going to be in the mix as mm-hmm. one of our starters. Then we get a little bit deeper into things, and the next thing you see is a Harden trade happens. And it was bumpy at first, which I think we all expected it to be a little bit. Now it's starting to get moving in a better direction. But after that, P.J. Tucker comes in, and Tyloo pretty much says, I don't think you're one of our better players. I don't think you're going to help us win games. So he puts him on the bench. And, yeah. you know, he's riding his starters. There's other guys that have seen their uh, roles change. Uh, Russell Westbrook went to the bench. You know, I, I think, you know, Tyloo, that's a big part of this. Mm. It, it is, hey, if it doesn't work this year, y'all may not be gone, but I'm going to be. So <laughs> we're going to do what we can yeah. to try to make this work. Because if, if it doesn't, then, you know, there's going to be changes coming, so we might as well give it a shot because mm-hmm. what difference does it make? Talking to Keith Smith from Track and the Front Office Show. He joins us every single Thursday to talk the NBA. You also mentioned Joel Embiid um, and was unbelievable last night for the 76ers, uh, which they really a battle-test game against the Timberwolves that have been really good this season, a 127-113 win for the 76ers. Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey combined for 86 points for the Sixers, Embiid scoring 51 of those. For a guy that was awarded MVP last year, what is the biggest thing you're noticing from last year to this year of Joel Embiid? I saw, I, I didn't even notice this, maybe it's just the lack of 76ers games I've been able to catch this year, but his passing, what uh, almost nearly six assists per game right now. I mean, what have you noticed that he's been doing this year? Yeah, the passing is a big part of it. That, that's one. There, it's not that he hasn't been in an offensive hub before mm-hmm. for the 76ers, but they're using him as a playmaking hub now, yeah. too, where it really is, hey, we're going to you know let you set things up and guys are going to play off you versus him being more of a play finisher at, at times. So that's been obviously really, really big. And I think uh, his defense has been excellent, too. You know, he's really still bringing it on the defensive end. A lot of times we see guys, especially big guys, mm-hmm. when their offensive role really increases, we see the defense starts to take a bit of a step back because they have to exert so much energy offensively that the defense doesn't always stay where it is. And he's been terrific. You know, he really is, you know, getting after it on that end of the floor too. So, you know, all around, I think, you know, Joel Embiid is, he's an extremely special player. And, you know, the only questions have been, you know, is he going to be on the floor? And is he going to be on the floor when they really, really need him to be? And then is is he going to produce when they need him to in the playoffs, and it's always been a little bit shaky uh, with those last parts. So we'll see if he's passed all that stuff. He can really be you know, a different kind of player. 
they're going to absolutely be in the mix too, and you know, take this thing home. Wow. The the other guy that really stood out last night for the Sixers, like I mentioned, Tyrese Maxey, and we've been kind of, I know, Keith, we, we've talked about him for now a couple of years um, and kind of what he has done for the 76ers first coming off the bench and then um, really kind of seeing a lot of action last year. But this year as kind of the marquee guard for the 76ers, how have you seen him kind of improve taking that role as kind of their, their star guard? Yeah, we kind of saw it glimpses of this last season especially where it was like i think this guy might be ready for a little bit more and i think that was also part of what maybe changed philadelphia's mindset on uh we may not need to give james harden you know every penny we possibly can for as many years as we possibly can i think that turned a little bit into let's uh you know see what we got here with maxi and if harden wants to be a part of this on a lower number great Mm -hmm. and then clearly he didn't so that turned a different direction. But I think Tyrese Maxey, he's extremely aggressive, and he's also extremely efficient. He doesn't take a lot of bad shots. He just gets to his spot. He makes plays. He is really, really good. So I, I think, you know, his uh, leap forward, that allowed them to make the Harden trade. And now I think Daryl Morey knows going forward. I've got my two guys. I've mm-hmm. got to beat at Maxey. Everything we do from here forward needs to be up, maximizing talent around those guys with guys who are going to fit and elevate them because he knows now I've got my two stars. Yeah. The Knicks beat uh, the Nets last night, one twenty-one to one hundred two. But the big news um, from the Knicks is that they've applied to the NBA for a disabled player exemption. Uh, with the news that Mitchell Robinson uh, will miss the rest of the season, how big of an injury is this for the Knicks? Yeah, massive. It, it can't be you know understated. They're also going to be for at least a couple weeks without Jericho Sims, mm-hmm. who's really their third string guy, but kind of to keep continuity. With their lineup, the Knicks were starting him and bringing uh, Isaiah Hartenstein off the bench. So now Hartenstein moves into the starting lineup, played very well last night, and mm-hmm. they know they're going to get production out of him. But now they're going to Taj Gibson behind him. Wow. You know that's yeah. that's the, the you know that that's where it's cutting to in New York at the five spot. So not having Mitchell Robinson, who is for my money is like the best offensive rebounder in the game. He's just a killer rebounder all around. Great. Uh, rim protector, and in the way the Knicks play defense, he comes up, hedges hard at the level of the ball, has to recover all the way back to the rim. You have to have athletic big guys who can do that stuff to, for them to play the way they want. And, and now to know, yeah, he's out for the year, that's just crushing because we initially thought, all right, eight to ten weeks, get him back, we'll have you know a month or so to get ready before the playoffs start, and then we'll be ready to roll. And now the Knicks are looking at all right, we've got to go in a completely different direction with that. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned Taj Gibson's a guy that they're now going to have to rely on to give them backup minutes. And I was seeing some tweets last night that Taj Gibson was, I mean, visibly tired out there and visibly exhausted <laughs> on the court. And he's waving to the to the bench to, to get him out. I mean, how many minutes can you really get out of a guy like Taj Gibson? Yeah, right now you're hoping you can get uh, somewhere in the 10 to 15 minutes a night. Our range mm. because what they're going to do is they're going to ramp Isaiah Hartenstein from his about you know twenty five ish minutes a night. Yeah. You're going to try to get him up into the thirty to thirty three, thirty five range, and hopefully that's you know you can get him there within the span of maybe the next couple weeks. But I don't think the average fan knows how hard it is to ask a player who's a backup player, yeah. hey, not only start, but now you also are going to play <laughs> you know ten to fifteen minutes more than what you usually do. That's a you know big big gas. So so that's what what that's where they need Taj Gibson to get to because 
after that, their next option is really kind of going to Julius Randle at the five. Mm-hmm. And that's something they have not wanted to do. That's that's the spot where I think uh, Tom Thibodeau knows the defense just isn't going to be good enough yeah. if we have to pull pull that uh, lever. And I think he knows like that's not really you know where we want to be. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Otherwise, you know, you start looking at all right, it's trade season, right? Or what, what are we going to do? Because mm-hmm. now again, this is not. Hey, we just got to get through the next month or two. Now it's turned into, all right, we've got a problem for the rest of the year, and you may be looking at, all right, we, we need to add another big into this mix because the Knicks are they're too good to simply say, well, we'll let the chips fall where they may. They know they're a very good team, and they've got to get it figured out. Yeah, and it doesn't get easy for them now. I mean, back-to-back games against the Bucks, a uh, game against Oklahoma City, in Oklahoma City, at the uh, Magic, and then at the Pacers. And, and speaking of the Magic, a uh, road game for the Knicks coming up in a couple of weeks. But the Magic have now lost three straight games, five of their last seven. Are you worried about this team and what they've done lately? Uh, a little bit. I, I think what we've seen is they're playing some good defensive teams. They lost two of those to Boston, uh, one to Miami. Those are teams that are smart, veteran teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Magic got a little too content to take three-pointers, and some of those three-pointers were coming from guys that you maybe don't want taking a lot of three-pointers. They've also, I know this maybe sounds strange at this point in his career, but they really, really missed Joe Ingles. Mm-hmm. Um, he was such a stabilizing force for them on their bench are really kind of keeping everybody organized, keeping things moving. And then the book is now fully out on Anthony Black. He's a fun, young player. He's going to be a really good player. He's just not there yet. Mm -hmm. So what happened is in the two Boston games, the Celtics approached it very differently than they did when they lost to the Magic in the in-season tournament on Black Friday. Uh, What they did in the two home games in Boston was they essentially said, you know what, we're going to ignore Anthony Black and go to Batadze unless they have a foot in the paint. Otherwise, we're going to pretend like they don't exist. We're going to send wow. help at Pancaro and Franz Wagner and add Jalen Suggs and whoever else is in the game. And that's made it really difficult on the Magic. So they got to get Markel Fultz back in there for mm-hmm. his uh, offensive production. Wendell Carter just came back, so that helps. But, you know, the Magic will be okay. It's just you, know, you hit a little bit of a bump in the road. The big sure. thing you can't do is you just can't let it spiral. That's right. Uh, I saw, uh, Keith, earlier you were tweeting about it. It's also kind of been... Um, in the headlines really everywhere, but we have learned um, some new things about Zion Williamson's contract in uh, the last three years are unguaranteed. What have you learned about his contract and, and kind of the quirkiness of it, I guess? Yeah, and that's a good way to put it because I'm seeing a lot of people think that there's one of two things that happened here that you know Zion's contract is all of a sudden he gets paid nothing yeah. and he has to earn it all back. That, that's not really how this works. Right. Well, what this means is uh, his last three years are non-guaranteed. There are uh, each year, uh, based off of the prior year, there are weigh-in uh, check-ins and there are uh, mm. check-ins for games played. And if he plays in a certain amount of games, he can trigger a whole bunch of guaranteed money. If he makes weight so many times each year, he guarantees even more money. So wow. those are the components that will get him there. Now, what happens for the Pelicans, because, again, I saw some people saying, now the Pelicans have all this cap space. What are they going to do? They don't. The only way you actually get any benefit from this contract being non-guaranteed is if you waive them. So if the Pelicans waive them right now, they're out of this contract with this year's salary and then basically half of next year's salary being owed to them. But it's Zion Williams. They're not going to do right. that. You know, so that becomes the thing. And then the other on the flip side of this, I've seen people who think, well, Zion can add 
you know, earn more money if he stays healthy. That's, again, not how it works. Mm-hmm. It just changes the guaranteed portion of his contract. So really the only way this even comes into play in the slightest bit is if the Pelicans say, all right, you know what, we're going to waive him. And the only way that's going to happen is if we get to a point where all of a sudden Zion is, he just cannot play. Mm-hmm. They just cannot get healthy, cannot stay on the court. Then the Pelicans may say, all right, it's time. we've tried, we've done everything we can time to go in a different direction but until that point i think we're we're gonna see you know everything just continue on like this news had never come out yeah certainly uh interesting um kind of tidbits in there for sure last thing for you keith before we let you go um i was a little shocked this morning when i woke up and saw the detroit pistons who have lost 24 straight games or a two and a half point favorite over the utah jazz tonight uh if they remain and i believe they will if they remain a favorite it will be the first time that they've closed as a favorite since november 27th when they hosted the wizards and lost 126 to 107 now when you look at the Jazz, a lot of guys out. Jordan Clarkson, Keontae George, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, uh, Laurie Markinen, Omar Yutsevin. I mean, a lot of guys out for the Jazz. Do we finally see this 24-game losing streak come to an end tonight? Yeah, I saw you know several people make some version of the joke of if the Pistons want to keep this streak going, they're going to have to earn it tonight. <laughs> and, you know, and that's part of it because that's, that's just where the Jazz yeah. are at, right? So I think, think there's, there's that. Uh, portion of it, but I mean, Detroit has shown us they'll lose games, you know, to good teams, bad teams, mm-hmm. and they're killed by bad teams. I mean, the reality is they got to come out and show up and play, and there's a lot of pressure on them, right? Because they do not want to be the team that gets anywhere close to that record, and they're 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 pretty close right now. They're only a couple games off of this single season stretch of 26 yeah. straight losses, and only four games off of the uh, overall stretch of 28 straight losses. So. I, I think, you know, they, they better get this one. This is kind of their last best chance for a little while because the schedule gets, you know, much harder mm-hmm. uh, from here on out. So you know they're going to be going. But you also think the flip side of it, too, right? There's some pressure on the other team because the other team doesn't right. want to be the one to lose to the Pistons. So, you know, maybe that works in their advantage. But I, I think there's a chance they get off the shine tonight and get this win, and then maybe that gets them started in a bit more of a positive direction. But, but, but we'll see. I, I know. You know, for, for a game between two really bad teams, I'm going to be a lot more invested in it than I probably should. I was about to say. I mean, this is uh, this this got really exciting all of a sudden. I don't. I can't tell you the last time I watched a Detroit <laughs> Pistons game this year because of how bad they've been. But I'm I'm going to have to tune in tonight. Well, Keith, thanks so much for joining us. This was a lot of fun. Merry Christmas uh, to you and your family, and we'll do it again next week. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you and yours, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Keith. Keith Smith joins us every single week to talk the NBA. You can check out his work on Spa Track. Also, um, tune in and, and check out the front office show. Um, they do a great job over there, really breaking down the NBA and also breaking down some things like he, like we just talked about with Zion Williamson, his contract and everything, kind of the quirkiness of it. So uh, they do a great job over there. You haven't talked for a couple minutes. Your voice a little cracked over yeah, there. Yeah, my voice will crack. Yeah, it's okay. Hey, man, uh, I was just going to piggyback on what you were saying, Keith, Keith and them they do a phenomenal job man they do a great job over there and i was just looking at some of this stuff and it's just amazing man mm-hmm. it really is yeah and spot track i mean you know a lot of contract stuff over there but also some some really good um stuff just about some of these games and stuff so and, and a great follow on twitter i like to point out you know we've got a couple guests that are really good followers on twitter yeah he Keith is. is one of those i've seen uh he does a lot of days where he'll go back the day after and watch games and, like give breakdown like oh man 
points, yeah, that's like notes that, that. He, he took out from a game. So really fun, especially uh, if you like the NBA. But we need to get to a break. Uh, when we come back, we got Thursday night football tonight. Saints and Rams. We'll break that down. Talk about some other things going on in the NFL. That's next on Sports Time. Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant Dacus, Johnny Hill with you. No Brett Norsworthy yep. today. He's out for the rest of the year, which sounds like a long time, but it's really not. You no, take a couple not. weeks off. Um, with, you know, obviously a year of another year of traveling with Ole Miss football and he doesn't take a lot of vacation days really and don't. so he definitely deserves it. But it's Thursday, so we've got Thursday night football tonight. Saints at Rams and a reminder, it's on Prime Video, but as always you can listen to it right here on Sports fifty six. Pre-game's gonna start at six thirty tonight, uh, with that uh, kickoff probably around seven fifteen or so. And while we're talking about that game being on our great station tonight, let me remind you what we've got this weekend. Saturday, Old Miss versus Southern. Southern Miss, that pregame starting at 12.30. Tip-off will be at 1 o'clock. Right after that, we've got Bengals at Steelers at 3.30. Bills at Chargers at 7 uh, with the Saturday doubleheader in the NFL. Sunday, we've got you covered uh, from noon till the end of the night with NFL on Christmas Eve. Browns at Texans, Jaguars at Buccaneers, Patriots at Broncos. And then Monday, the Christmas Day triple header, Raiders at Chiefs, Giants at Eagles, and then capping it all off with Ravens at 49ers. So I know a lot of people will be traveling, uh, going to Christmas parties, yeah. different sorts uh, of events over the weekend. So make sure you keep it locked in uh, to Sports 56 so that you don't miss a single snap. Uh, of these NFL games. Well, like I said, tonight, Thursday Night Football, Saints and Rams, a big, important game for both of these teams, both sitting at 7-7 seven and seven right now, and both um, could really use a win when we're talking about uh, you know the, the rest of the season uh, and getting close to the playoffs. If you look right now, um, both of these teams, uh, Rams sitting at 7th right now, and the Saints are sitting at ninth, so right, both of them right there, yeah, kind of right around, there. Um, need to continue winning to uh, to lock in their spots in the playoffs. So a big important game for both of these teams. Johnny, obviously Thursday night um, does not go against any of our picks or anything, but just looking at this game, two seven and seven teams right now. Uh, Rams a four and a half point favorite. When you look at uh, the injury report. Um, a handful of guys out for the Saints, only two guys out, uh, I guess, or questionable for the Rams. Uh, Joe Newtbroom, their offensive tackle, is questionable tonight. Trey Tomlinson uh, is out for the Rams. Uh, what do you think today? Uh, who do you got, Rams and Saints? Right now, Rams 4.5 point favorite. Man, I got the Rams. And mm. one thing I say about the Rams, I, I like the Rams. 
I like Puka mm-hmm. and I like uh, Cooper Cup. I yeah. feel like they can be the next great duo yeah. in in the NFL. And since Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup coming off of two back to back 100 yard games, mm-hmm. man. So I'm just confident in Matthew Stafford. He's going to be able to give it to his weapons, and yeah. that New Orleans defense can be had. So sure. So I'm going with the Rams. I like that. I mean, I think it's going to be, uh, you make a good point. You know, Puka Nakua has been a um, you know big surprise this he year has. in the NFL, but has been a really good player. Um, I'm wondering, you know, Brett always says, you know, water finds its level. You know, do we see that with Puka Nakua? Um, but, you know, now you got Cooper Cup in there, and, and the this Rams team has been really good. You know, I, I don't think they've played world beaters, but in their last no, five haven't. games, um, they have won four of the five. You know, they beat the Seahawks. They went to Arizona and got a big 37 to 14 win at home against uh, the Browns, 36 to 19 win. They went to Baltimore and lost in overtime, yeah. um, which is impressive. And then last week, an eight point win over the commander. So this team that has been playing well on the flip side, um, New Orleans has really struggled against good teams. They you know, have. You, yeah. you, you look at these last two weeks, it's been the Giants, which I thought they looked good. You know, th- that was a game, and me and Johnny uh, Radio were talking about this earlier today, but you know, that was a game where you come in against uh you know, against this quarterback that the entire nation is talking about, Tommy DeVito, whatever yeah. nickname people want to call him. You know, he's just, you know, come off a big win on Monday Night Football and, you know, oh, this guy is awesome. And everybody, me and Brett picked on Friday and we both picked as our shock the the Giants, which I, over the weekend, realized that was a stupid play and I bet on the Saints. But they went out there and, and, and you know, 24 to 6 win over a team that was kind of hot and playing with a lot of confidence. Yeah, they were hot at the moment in time. Yeah, and then the week before that, you know, playing the Panthers, a 28 to 6 win over uh, a really bad Panthers team. So, you know, they dominated in the games that they needed to dominate in. But before that, Vikings, a 27 to 19 loss. Falcons, a 24 to 15 loss. Lions, a 33 to 28 loss. It seems like when they play teams that are kind of in their neighborhood or better than them, they really struggle. They do, man. And and like I said earlier, I feel like that secondary especially can be had. And Puka was my rookie of the year before C.J. Stroud just mm-hmm. went crazy, man. Yeah. So I believe in Puka. I like his game. And I just think that that's a perfect person to have with with Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Cooper Cup can slice you up in the slot and Puka's on the outside. So it's amazing, man. I love where they're going, man. They're going to be really good next year. Yeah, and it sounds like uh, C.J. Stroud's going to be out again with his concussion yeah. as uh, they've got the Browns this weekend, which would be a uh, a big loss for sure. That's a huge for loss. For the Texans. Um, some other news, uh, Jamar Chase is going to be out versus the Steelers uh, with a shoulder injury. Mason Rudolph is starting um, for the Steelers this weekend um, with Kenny Pickett officially being ruled out this weekend against the Bengals. So some interesting... you know, interesting storylines and injuries this weekend. Um, but you, Johnny, have been uh, really into the story about George Pickens. I have. And it's been disappointing. Didn't block on a play. Um, but basically, what are you going to do? I mean, you would think young guy, chew him out, maybe sit him. But the Steelers kind of need him out there. Mike Tomlin quotes, he's too talented. 
to bench him. I mean, he's not wrong. He 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 is Good for player. sure not I mean, wrong. I would like it. That mean you know probably Cal would get some more looks, but yeah, Calv yeah he he would get Calvin could get a lot of looks, but I see why he's because he's in a tough spot right now. Mm-hmm. They're a young team. Yep, and he's a cornerstone of that receiving group. So of course you want him out there, but. But Shannon Sharp made a good point, man. When you reward bad behavior, man, that just let it keep going on, sure, man. Sure, sure. Yeah. So I just feel like George Pickens, I, I love George Pickens' game, but it's just like the fact that he openly admitted out and came out to the media and mm-hmm. said that, that's a bad look, man. And that's unneeded press on the Steelers at this moment in time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another headline I saw uh, earlier, saw this on Twitter, um, Jets wide receiver Garrett Wilson, who was the offensive rookie of the year last year, uh, is reportedly upset with the Jets' wasted season this year. Oh, yeah. Saying it had, quote, taken a toll on him. Wilson only has three touchdowns um, so far this season, and this was quoted um, on a couple weeks ago, right around Thanksgiving. Um, where I, kind of this frustration started to, to boil. Um, Jets wide receiver Garrett Wilson seems really frustrated following the 34-13 loss to the Dolphins. Quote, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell the fans. I'm out of words. I'm out. And so, you know, it's been a tough season for the Jets. I mean, the Jets came in, you know, they were, they were a fun team. Last year, I don't think many people had super high expectations for them last year. And yeah, then they nobody. go out and bring in... Two really, really good players, Garrett Wilson on the offensive side, Sauce Gardner on they the defensive side. They did a great side. job drafting. Yeah, they win offensive and defensive player, uh, or excuse me, rookie of the year. That's, and they had some other young guys that were really good last year. And so you thought, you know, okay, you know, this could be a fun yeah. team. This is a building team. Well, then they go out and make the splash of landing Aaron Rodgers over the offseason. And so the sky's the limit. People yeah. are saying the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl. It's their year. Um, you know, they get. There's so much hype around them that they basically get forced into hard knocks. They didn't want hard knocks, but hard knocks was like, you are the you are the biggest show in the NFL right now. We're coming, um, and so that's a lot of excitement. And as a player, you're sitting in there going, "All right, we were a fun team last year." And if you're a receiver, you're going, "I had a great season last year, and now I've got a can't miss Hall of Fame quarterback that's going to be my starting quarterback." Sky's the limit, yeah. And, and so then, when you have, you know, what fourth snap of the season, and that Hall of Fame quarterback goes down, and now the team really just can't get anything going. You know, you can't even figure out who's going to be your starting quarterback. You're going back and forth, so you know that is a lot. And uh, you know, I understand the frustration, and I, I can understand, um, you know, not really being happy with how this season has played out. And I mean that—that's a guy you don't want to be mad, and I mean you don't yeah. want to have him mad at the organization because that's a guy that you want to become a franchise player for you. Yes, and at this moment in time, he already is a franchise player just just by the talent wise. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is, man, the New York Jets, man, once <laughs> once Aaron Rodgers went down, their whole season went down, yeah. man. And you can just tell the whole team got deflated, mm-hmm. man, and. It's it's next year for them. It's next year, yeah. but 
like you said, Brian, you made some real great points, man. They had a lot of hype coming mm-hmm. into this year, especially once they had hard knocks, man, and you really had the opportunity to look behind the scenes and see how that organization is ran. Yep. They had a high standard for themselves, man, mm-hmm. especially with Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner. So, man, this year haven't been the best year for Garrett Wilson. Sauce Gardner has played at a at a at an elite level, mm-hmm. but he not having the same amount of impact as right. he did last year. Right. So, and, and I think for I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you no, off. no, I'm done. Um, I think for a young player, being eliminated from playoff contention so early, like yeah. the Jets have been, yeah. I mean that can be crushing for that a can. young player because then it's like, what am I out here playing for? And Bryant, you gotta look at where he came from. Yeah, he came from Ohio State. He used to playing, you know, mm-hmm. in big games. Yeah, they're not playing in big games, man. No, no they're, they're not. And then the season um, is is pretty much over for them. They're just playing out the rest of the way. Now, a good thing from it is, uh, you know, looking at mock drafts, it looks like they'll have the you know around the seventh pick. And, um, you know, it looks like it has them taking uh, Joe Alt from the offensive tackle from Notre Dame, who's a really good um, offensive lineman and, you know, could beef up that offensive line, give you another, you know, they need that, talented man. offensive lineman to protect your quarterback. And then, you know, it sounds like Aaron Rodgers wants to come back next year. It sounds like he wants to play next year, maybe even the year after. And so, you know, if you can bring him back, get him healthy, if you can have a, a, a strong offensive line to protect him, you know, next year could be a big season for, for the Jets. It can be, Brian. But uh, how many years is on Aaron Rodgers' contract? I think uh, it's like two more, I, I, isn't it? I think I think it's it's either two. I, he might have signed a two year. It might have been a two year remaining yeah. on his contract because the language I remember him saying earlier this week was, "I told them I would give them two years. Yeah, I wasn't able to give them." A year this year, so I want to still be able to give them two years. Okay, and so, so I'm mm-hmm. looking it up right now. No, it was three years. Uh, no, 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 no. That was the deal he signed in Green Bay. He had two years remaining when he went. That's not true. I don't know why it said that. Uh, he has a lot of years left on his contract. Oh, that's great. That's great. But I think he told them um, when he played that he was gonna. He was going to give them two more years. And man, no, three years. I don't know. Uh, the point, <laughs> I, people don't know what they're talking about. Hey, man, the point I'm trying to make is that the the longer that A-Rob is there, man, that's mm-hmm. the better for Gary Wilson. Sure, sure. And that's what Gary Wilson just thinking about. He said, I'm lo- he basically saying, I lost time to get chemistry with A-Rod during the season. Mm-hmm. And, and, and ever since then, we had Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson really don't want to be there. So, right. so after that, man, it just went downhill, man. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it looks like, uh, okay, I finally have uh, an answer. Aaron Rodgers has agreed to a new two-year, $75 million guaranteed contract through the 2024 season with the New York Jets. So that would go through next season. I guess the plan was I'll play these two seasons and then I'll retire. But now he doesn't. He hadn't played a season, so he wants to play another one, it sounds like. I doubt that happens, but yeah. we'll see. I don't know. It's, it's certainly interesting. It's certainly a story to keep an eye on even when we get to the the off season, but we need to get to a break. We're late for one. When we come back, it'll be time for big number of the day. We are real sports talk. Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM 
and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Big Daddy. Hello, Big Brand. It's a guy, he wants to be big, then he gets big, he doesn't want to be big anymore, then he gets small, but the suit's too big. Big Daddy. The Big Boy. You're a big guy. I think she's trying to pull a fast one on Big Daddy. The big number of the day. Johnny, I want your big number first. Oh my goodness, my first time doing it. Your first time doing it. Okay, get this, Brian. My big number is two. Very small big number. Not too big, but very small. But, hey, man, and guess who it's about? It's about Jackson, Smith, and Jigma. Okay. Get this. I wrote this down, bro. I wrote this down. He is the only rookie since since 1960 with two game-winning touchdown receptions in the final minutes of a fourth quarter. Wow. That's amazing, man. It's a big number. Yes, it is, man. I like Jackson, Smith, and Jigma a lot. I think – he was really good get by the Seahawks. I think they've got a really good um, receiving core. I think that, I think they're a good team. I, 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 you know, I don't think they've necessarily produced as well, produce, yeah. but I do think they have some good players on their team, and I think they're a fun team to watch. And Jackson Smith and Jigba is one of those. I remember um, before the draft and after the draft, especially when he got up to uh, Seattle. Um, I I keep up with. Obviously, I'm a Kraken fan. I'm wearing my Kraken sweatshirt. Yeah. Um, and I like the Mariners. They're not my favorite team, but I'd say they're second or third favorite. I like watching the Mariners. I like keeping up with them. Um, and I like reading stuff out of Seattle about those two teams and listening to stuff out of Seattle about those teams. And if you're going to listen or read anything out of Seattle about sports, you're going to hear something about the Seahawks. For sure. Um, yeah. It's just how it goes. And so... Uh, you know, around the draft process was, you know, right during baseball season. So I was seeing a lot of, you know, I was listening to a lot of their stuff about yeah. baseball games, you know, watching the, the baseball games on television and stuff like that. And, I mean, they were ooing and eyeing over Jackson Smith and Jigba and talking about the coaching staff, you know. They had been, I mean, you, you look around and all of the receivers they have on that roster, but that Jackson Smith and Jigba came in first day of practice and looked like a veteran. I mean, you yeah. know, was was easily did not have those rookie hiccups or, you know, look slow. You put him out there with DK Metcalf, um, Lockett, you know, all these other veteran other guys. guys that they've got, and he fit right in. I mean, he just looked like one of the veterans like the rest of them. Man, and that, hey, that, <laughs> you were right, man. I, I completely agree. And with him playing the slot position, man, mm-hmm. I love him there, man. And that gives him more opportunities to just run free. Sure. Because you got – DK taking it, take, taking most of the deep balls, and you got Tyler really taking the intermediate ball. So mm-hmm. Jackson Smith is getting a lot of the the short passing, and also you know like he did score the game winner getting a deep ball. Sure. So man, I, I love where they at right now. 
No, absolutely. Uh, my big number comes from the NBA. Johnny, I, oh. g- I gave a number uh, earlier that was a good big number. I you thought. did. You um, did. You did. It could have been a good big number, I guess I should say. My big number is not much bigger than your big number, and that is eight. 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 Joel Embiid, over his last eight games for the Sixers, has produced a stat line of 41.4 points per game, 12.9 rebounds per game, 10.8 field, uh, free throws made per game, 61.5 field goal percent, and 92.5 free throw percent. No one else, not a single person in NBA history could match that stat line even if you took the best eight-game span of his career in each category separately. Man, that's amazing. I mean, Great big number. Phenomenal doing, big number, He's doing Phenomenal. unbelievable things. And we talked to Keith Smith, and, and um, I, it's, it's very and, – and Keith said this. It's not very often that you see a guy go out and win MVP – and then come out the next season and look even better than he did when he won his first I MVP. I agree with Keith. And Keith was talking about how they're putting more offensive, you know, a uh, bigger load on him offensively um, to kind of take over. We're going to run the offense through you. You know, you're going to be our, our our main guy, our main focal point in the offense. And he's still producing defensively at a high level. Man, there's going to, have to be a conversation. Is he the best guy in the NBA right now? I, I mean, I, I think I think that's a good uh, conversation to have, and I think he's certainly up there um, along with the best. And I think he's on his way. I don't know um, if I can pull up in you know fast enough the odds, the current betting odds for MVP uh, in the NBA, but I would be shocked if he is not number one. Because, Me too. You know, he's just doing unbelievable things, and it would be. It'd be it'd be crazy to see him go back to back. Let's see awards, MVP right now. It's Rookie of the Year, Most Improved, Sixth Man, Defensive, Clutch Player of the Year. They don't have MVP odds. And man, uh, this on, would be NBA right now. And think about this, Brian. We'll have three players from mm. from international play. We'll get. Two back-to-back MVPs, yeah. Giannis, Jokic, and if Embiid do it, he'd be the third. He'd one. be the third. That'd be unbelievable. We don't have uh, NBA uh, uh, MVP odds, but we do have Bronny James odds. Uh, I, I wasn't familiar with this. Which team will Bronny James be drafted by in the 2024 NBA draft? Is there and there's not an option to pick none. That's interesting. So, like, if you just thought he was going to come back another, like, next season for his sophomore season, because, you know, he just had, like, went into cardiac arrest, like, three months ago. Yeah. I think he'll try to make the jump, but I'm surprised we have odds on here for uh, for Bronny James. Uh, Lakers, of course, lead the way at plus 600. Uh, we need to get to a break, so let's go ahead, take that break. When we come back, we're talking Tigers with Greg Gaston. Greg Gaston. 